Hello, everybody. This week's parish is Parshas Ve'eschanan. And the parish begins with Moshe Rabbeinu davening to Hashem to allow him to come into Eretz Yisrael. And as Gemara and Saita, on Nafidal, one on Gemara, the Gemara asks a question. The Moshe Rabbeinu, why is he davening so hard to get into Eretz Yisrael? The Gemara makes a comment. Does he need to eat its fruit? And I remember hearing a question once from a Rav in Muncie. He asked, the Gemara makes it sound like eating the fruit of Eretz Yisrael is, is not anything important. Because you need to eat the fruit. But we know there's a well-known Bach, I believe it's Simon Reich Ches, where he discusses in the fact that in Bracha Akhreina of Alamichia that we make, we say, We do thank Hashem for the ability to eat the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. And the Bach explains that the reason we thank Hashem specifically for eating the fruit of Eretz Yisrael in this bracha is because the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, one of the ways it goes into our system, into our bodies, is through the fruit of the land. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael goes into its fruit, and when a person eats the fruit of Eretz Yisrael, he gets connected to that Kedusha, and that fruit kind of imbues him with that Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. So, the Yisrael asked a question, he said, you see from this Bach that eating the fruits of Eretz Yisrael is something important. So what does the Gemara mean? And he explained that the Gemara is saying like this. The Gemara is saying, did Moshe Rabbeinu need that? Did Moshe Rabbeinu need that Hesophas Kedusha, that extra level of Kedusha? Moshe Rabbeinu was at a point where there was no one like him. There was no, he was at a point where, according to the Meshachachama, he had no longer had free will, so to speak, to do Averis. He was on such a level of Kedusha that he almost, so to speak, maxed out his Kedusha. So Moshe didn't need the fruit of Eretz Yisrael for their Kedusha aspect. He already had the ultimate level of Kedusha. So what does the Gemara answer then? Says the Gemara said because he understood that there was mitzvahs that you could only fulfill in Eretz Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to do mitzvahs. He was, as some people like to say, a mitzvahalik. He was addicted to mitzvahs. He was somebody who understood that, forget the aspect of Kedusha that a mitzvah gives you. Forget the schar in this world that it gives you. Mitzvahs, in their very essence, are the most amazing and powerful thing in the world. The Moshe Rabbeinu wanted that. He wanted more of that and more of that. And that's what he davened Hashem to get into Eretz Yisrael for. They say the Vilna Goyen, on his deathbed, used to cry. He was crying because he held his tits and he said, in this world, for a couple pennies, Nowadays, a little bit more, a couple of dollars. To, you can do the mitzvah of tzitzis, which the schar for that mitzvah is so great. And it's so easy and so accessible in this world. And once a person dies, that opportunity is lost. And they're going cried and cried and cried about that loss, that he won't have the chance to do mitzvahs once he goes to the next world. We say every morning in Berchah Satera, we say, there's a certain group of mitzvahs which not only do they give us schar in the next world, they give us even, they give us pears, they give us fruit in this world as well. And you know, I think it's when we say that 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 that, that mishnah, that brisa that you say in the morning, I think it's something we should work, work on is just value and appreciate. Let's start with those mitzvahs. The mitzvahs which are listed there are relatively doable, and to think about. How amazing a mitzvah is, what it can do for a person, how it can change a person, how much good it brings into our lives. 
And Mitzvah Shem, we can get ourselves to the point where, like Mitzvah Rabbeinu, we're, we're going to daven to Hashem to give us a chance to do more mitzvahs. Even things were technically putter from. Mitzvah Rabbeinu was, was an anus at this point. But he was so driven, he, was so, he appreciated what mitzvahs were so much, he still wanted them. And that's Mitzvah Shem, a madriga we should all be able to come to. There's a fascinating Balatur. He describes why did Mitzvah Rabbeinu choose to daven to Hashem now, at this time, the Isai. So, well, no, Rashi, Rashi says a shot that because he saw that he was given the opportunity to conquer Sikhan and Aig, he thought maybe Hashem kind of revoked the Shvua, the promise from him not coming into the land. The Balatur says something a little different. He says, if you look at the end of Lansing's Parsh, Parsh, it ends off with Maishir Rabbeinu giving Chizuk, giving support to Klai Yisrael, strengthening them, saying, don't fear the Kananim, don't fear that Hashem will take care of you, Hashem will. Will, will conquer them for you just like he conquered Sikhan and Oig. He gives Klai so Chizik. Says the Baltur in the first Baltur in the Parsha. Bishvil Shechizakti is Yisrael. Because I gave Klai so Chizik. Ulai Yerachim Alai. Ulai perhaps Yerachim Alai will have mercy on me. Maisha Rabbeinu understood that if you want a Kash Baruch to have Rachmanis on you, what you have to do is give Chizik to Klai so. You see another Yid who's down. You give him a positive comment, you give him a smile, you tap him on the shoulder. That's going to be the thing which gives you Rachmanis in the eyes of Hashem. So a story, there's a book that came out about Rabbi Yitzhak Zilber, there's another book, the first book was written by him, this is kind of stories that people had with him, and he said a story there, a fascinating story. There was a person who was sitting Shiva for his sister, and this person lived, I think, in Sennheiser Mechav, one of these, you know, apartments in Israel, and as he's sitting Shiva, he hears a lot of noise, a lot of commotion, someone's coming. Fine, he's sitting there waiting, he can't go anywhere, he's sitting Shiva, he has to sit there on the, on the low chair, he's waiting, waiting, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes. Finally, he says, tells his son, you go figure out what's going on. And his son goes down, he's like, Papa, you won't believe it. He's like, what happened? He's like, Ritzik Zilber's here. And sure enough, Ritzik Zilber opened the door, and it turns out that what happened was that Ritzik Zilber at that point already is very old. And the doctors told him he can't, for his heart, he cannot go more than seven steps at a time. So, being in Israeli buildings, no elevators at the time, Ibrizik Zilber sat there, going seven steps, sitting down, resting for a couple minutes, going back up. It took him 45 minutes to get up to the floor where the Shiva house was. So this person was sitting Shiva, he said to the rabbi, he's like, how could you do this? I feel so bad. How could you push yourself to do this 45 minutes of climbing stairs and resting? So Ritzik Zilber looked at him and he said, how could I not? How could I not? Ritzik Zilber, someone who understood who, paying a shiva visit, giving someone else chizik, how could he not do that? How could he leave another Jew, so to speak, without a little bit of chizik that he can give him? And something we can all try to copy. <clears throat> you know, sometimes, yeah, it's not always easy. It takes a little effort. You're in a bad mood, but to still give someone a smile. But Lamaisa, the, the benefits, the rewards that Hashem gives us for such a thing have no limit. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Klai that Hashem didn't let him go into Eretz Yisrael. V'yisanef Hashem bi ba'lamanchem. And on your behalf, Akash Baruch Hu kind of refused Moshe Rabbeinu to come into Eretz Yisrael because of Klai Yisrael. And the Soporno on the spot there makes an interesting comment. He references the well-known Medrash that if Moshe Rabbeinu had been the one to go into Eretz Yisrael, 
and build the base of Mikdash, then it would never be destroyed. And Meshmerino wanted that. Meshmerino said to Klai Yisrael, his Avisi, I wanted, I had a taiva, so to speak, to go in to build the base of Mikdash for you, so that way it would have a kiyum, a, a, a lasting ability to stand there forever. And Hashem, because of you, because of your sins, Hashem already made exera that Klai would have to go into Gullus. And therefore, he couldn't go in. Meshmerino couldn't go in. So, I saw, I heard, Marlon Lipiansky explained this to Porno. He said like this. He said, what's going on over here? If a Baruch Hu knows that if Moshe Rabbeinu goes in, then Klai Yisrael, the Mishra should never be destroyed. So then what's wrong? Let him go in and save Klai Yisrael for forever. Why do they have to go to Gullus? So, he gave a muscle. You find this a similar concept by Adam in the, in the Ghana. Then Adam Rishon does a Avera. He eats from the Eitz Hashem says, okay, now he has to run out because he might eat from the Eitzachayim and he's going to end up living for forever. So what's the big deal? Let him live forever. What's the problem? A vigor caused him to die. Okay, now he has a cure. He has the Eitzachayim. So he says it is. He says, give him muscle. You find people ever have, let's say, like a hardwood floor, right? And they want to restain it. So a person can restain the floor as is, but then it's going to look horrible. It'll last... But it'll look horrible because you covered it, you protected it, but you didn't perfect it first. The first thing you want to do is sand it down, clean it up, <clears throat> make sure everything's nice, and then you stain it and cover it with a lac that keeps it for forever, that preserves it. Kali Yisrael, before they sinned, there was a concept that Moshe Rabbeinu was going to go into Yisrael, build a base in Mikdash, and it'll last forever. After the Chetim Meraglam, after the Chatan that Kali Yisrael did throughout the Midbar, there couldn't be a permanence to Klai Yisrael sediment in Yisrael. It would be putting something imperfect into a protective mode that will last for forever. And that's wrong. Klai Yisrael, at that point, had to have Gullus in their destiny because Gullus perfected them. Gullus was meant to get Klai Yisrael back to that Madrego they had before the Chet Ego, before that Chet Meraglim. And then only could they have that permanence that eternal, so to speak, based on Mikdash and Kiyom that they're supposed to have. The Rabbeinu B'chai asks a question. He says, why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't ask for his bones to be brought into Eretz Yisrael? You find that Yosef, Yaakov, they all got at least their bodies to be brought into Eretz Yisrael. Why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't even ask for his body to be brought into Eretz Yisrael? So he explains that the Pesukim say clearly that Gash Baruch Hu told him clearly that he, he has to stay in Gullus. His body has to stay in Gullus. He can't even send his bones there to Israel. Now why is that? So he explains that Gash Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that there's a certain level. Moshe Rabbeinu was the leader of Kala Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu was the first and kind of the, the main primary leader of Kala Yisrael. And he was somebody who, there's going to be many, many, many Jews who die in Chutzlaretz, who are buried in Chutzlaretz. And their Moshe Rabbeinu, as their leader, has to stay there with them. And at the point of Tchiyas HaMesim, he's going to gather them up, and they're going to go together. As the leader of Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu has to stay there in the gulls with them. Even, in his, even his body has to stay there with them, because that way he can be their leader to bring them out of the gulls in Tchiyas HaMesim. They say that, you know, there's a question people ask that... You know, when Tzikis Amesim happens, so if the Tzadikim and everyone's getting up, you're going to have a lot of Rabbanim, Rashi Yeshivas, who are going to get up, 
But, you know, what about their, you know, who's going to have jobs for all of them? You know, there's not going to be so many kehillahs. So I heard someone said over from Gadol that it's not true. We see from this Rebbeinu B'chaya that if the congregation, if the yeshiva, if the community, that that Gadol led isn't worthy of getting up with Chiz Amazing, he doesn't get up either. There is an eternal bond that goes on between the leader of a people, Rebbeinu B'chaya is teaching us, and his congregation and his community and his people who he leads. And they get up together. Even after people pass away, even Amazing, there's an eternal connection that they has to go together and they have to go up together. I want to end off with one thing. This week's, part, this week's Shabbos is Tuba of. And there's a Gemara, famous Gemara in Tainus of Lam Nomabes. The Gemara goes through the different things that happened in Tuba of that make it such a big yamtiv. The Gemara says it was a day that the, um, the nations, the, the Shvatim were allowed to remarry after the first generation because of B'nai Slavchod. There was a certain, Torah tells us that each Shevet was only allowed to marry within its own tribe. After the first generation, after the first generation already passed away, then there was, that, that, that Isser was, was permitted, and Shvatim were allowed to marry each other. Gemara says it was a day that the people who were killed in, in Betar were allowed to be buried. The Gemara says it was a day that the people who were supposed to die in the desert stopped dying. The Gemara says another reason. In times of Beis they used to cut wood throughout the summer. They were busy cutting wood for the Mizbeach. And they always used to cut it when it was time that the sun would be strong enough to dry out the wood. Once Tubav came, the sun began to, began to get weaker. And they stopped cutting the wood for the Beis so they had more time to go learn. That's what a person has time to do at night. Night's a time where the person can't do so much work because the person learns. And the Gemara says another reason is because after the, there was a massive civil war between Sheva bin Yaman and the rest of Klai, so Sheva bin Yaman was almost killed out. And Kaisal to save Sheva Binyamin, so to speak, they, they allowed the the people of Binyamin to marry in to Kaisal. The Gemara goes on and gives all these reasons. And the question is, you look at this Gemara, it seems like each reason is a hard to understand the 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 massive simcha. It seems like there still was an issue, but you know which which stopped. But it doesn't seem like a massive simcha. But besides this, what's the connection between each one of these? Now, I remember hearing a beautiful part. Someone said. The connection between all of these things is that there was a massive issue in Klai Israel. There was a problem. There was a certain level of 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 of, of an Isayan, whether it was the Shvatim not being able to marry with each other, so a certain level lack of Achdus in Klai Israel, whether it was the people of Betar who were, who were, whose bodies were left out and weren't allowed to be buried. There was an issue. There was a fundamental problem going on in Klai Israel, and then Tuba of that was resolved. And now Klai Yisrael is able to go back to normal life. Tuba of is a celebration of regular day-to-day life. It's the celebration of when issues are resolved and a person is now able to focus on the day-to-day, on the regular parts of life. And it's something which a lot of us don't appreciate, unfortunately, right? Is that is that the ability just to have regular life, regular day-to-day life. And it's a mistake. It's the biggest, biggest celebration is the ability to just have a regular life, accomplish, build, grow, give. These are, these are, these are, these, that's what life's about. It's about the regular times. And Tubov is a celebration of that gift, the gift of normalcy. And that's something we can try to focus on the Shabbos, just to appreciate regular day-to-day life. And there's no tsars, Baruch Hashem, when things are better. And that is the celebration of Tubov. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. And we'll see you soon.